Enjoy fun adventures as you sail away together and experience the extraordinary marriage you desire. Join us in April 2025 for the Six Pillars at Sea Marriage Getaway. Yes, we are taking Six Pillars cruising and we want you to join us. Get all the details at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash getaway. Use promo code SHIPSAHOY to get $500 off your registration today. We'll see you there. Episode 28, Life Insurance. Is it worth it? Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy. You're here tonight with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. And tonight we're going to be talking about life insurance. Is it worth it? Is it worth the peace of mind? Uh, But before we get to that, there are quite a few things, comments and phone calls uh, that we need to talk about. We actually got a phone call this week from Jim, a listener from Wisconsin. Yep. And... Gosh, you're going into that quick. Okay. Well, we can... Do you want to back up and talk about 4th of July? Sure. We oh. can talk about We can talk about our week, see what's been going on, then we can get to gym. Okay. Is that good with you? That's fine with me. It just seems like such a long time since we podcasted. Well, that's because we podcasted early last week. Yeah. Because I was gone. Because you were gone. Yep. Yeah. It's just been a crazy week. Mm-hmm. You know, we just had a lot going on and been trying to pull all this together and I didn't know if we were going to even make it here tonight. Because of the way you've been feeling. Yeah, I wasn't feeling well last like 36 hours. Yeah. So my honey wasn't doing too well, which hampered other things as well. What kind of other things? Well, my three days are up and I was like, oh, after the fireworks, this and the other. No, you still have tomorrow. I know. Today's only Monday. But I was thinking after the fireworks. Oh, you wanted to make your own fireworks at home. You got it. Got it. Yeah, I was not. I was barely breathing last night. Yeah. So That's weird. I'm glad you didn't go to the emergency room. (laughs) And if anybody thinks that's wrong, I'm just saying that because a couple of years back, Elisa went to a chiropractor and he did something. Did some manipulation pushing down on my chest. And um, it was one of those instances where really I thought I was having a heart attack because the pain just kept getting worse and it was radiating out from my chest. And I, you know, you start having all those, I think I'm dying type feelings and so i finally go to the i go to the emergency room leave tony home alex was just a little guy he was little oh so it was more than two years ago oh yeah i mean this he was probably one one and a half oh okay wow. it was before we moved here mm, yeah okay and um and you know they're asking me all these questions because nothing's coming up on the x-rays or the you know all of the different diagnostic tools they've got and i mentioned that i had this chiropractic exam and the er docs like oh you probably just have bruised ribs. So over the weekend, similar experience, except it's all just like in my upper left shoulder chest area. And, uh, yeah, then I start having trouble breathing, like to the point where I can't even take a deep breath because the pain's so bad. And I'm like, Oh, here I go. You know, heart attack, never had a heart attack. You know, it's not like this is a common thing, but you start thinking, okay, is the pain radiating down my left arm? So fitting that we're talking about life insurance. Fitting that we are talking about life insurance tonight. And so, you know, the pain's not so bad that I think I need to go to the emergency room, but it gets progressively worse. And today, during the day, it was really bad. I mean, yep. I was like, there were a couple of times where, you know, trying to talk we to the kids. We were able to get rid of the kids for three, four hours. Beautiful, wonderful friend. Um, they have kids the same age as our kids. And so I texted her this afternoon and said, would you please take my kids for a little bit? <laughs> and she did. Praise Bless her God. heart. 
Um, and then it just, I mean, I still have some of the pain, but not nearly as bad. And this is not to say that if you are having severe pain that you shouldn't go to the emergency room. Um, because obviously there could yes. be life threatening. I didn't feel like I had gotten to the point where I think they understand that. Yeah, I know. But you know, sometimes people think, well, if you're not going, well, to the they're probably thinking about us going, well, why didn't you go to, we're self-employed. We have major <laughs> medical. So we, 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 we wait we, and make sure it's really an emergency before we go. Exactly. Unless it's one of the kids, in which case, yeah. And I don't know if any of you can uh, relate to us on, on that area, but you know, it gets a little stupid in my opinion. Sometimes when you have to go to these doctors and they charge you 500 bucks for stepping through the door. Um, I know it's important <laughs> because I want my wife to be here, but it was one of those decisions. We were just sort of looking and weighing it out and seeing what would happen. Having known that Elisa went through something like this some time back. And I did on the, I had actually spent earlier, um, last week I was in Milwaukee for a yeah. conference on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday and flew back Wednesday and my suitcase did get substantially heavier over the three days that I was there. And it's entirely possible that I did as I was pulling out of the overhead bin wrench something and it just took a couple of days to yeah. get fully aggravated. And so, you know, going back going, Oh my gosh, what did I do? What would I have only done with that hand? Mm-hmm. And I know that pulling my, um, carry on, out of the overhead bin, I use that arm. So that's the only thing I can think of. Obviously, if it doesn't get any better, I will go to the doctor. Yes. Oh, I know. You put in a phone call today, even though they were closed. Even though they were closed. You know, so. 5th of July. Happy belated 4th of July right. to everyone. Hopefully, we, you all had a great time. We did uh, end up watching fireworks with some friends last night here yeah. in San Diego. It was a bit chilly. For uh, San Diego? It has been unseasonably cool in the evenings. We were mm-hmm. out the last couple of nights doing different things with the kids and we're all bundled in hats and heavy jackets and yeah we're hoping you guys are all having a great summer with your families and all i mean we've been been doing a lot these last couple of nights with friday night was date night mm-hmm. and when, when did mom and dad give us a gift card our birthdays okay so my mom and dad gave us a, a gift card for uh chilies or macaroni grill or one of those places and so we were going to head over to chilies and then uh, we noticed on the gift card you go to Macaroni Grill. So we decided to stop by the Macaroni Grill. Well, the Macaroni Grill is right next door to one of our malls here. And I thought it was a perfect opportunity to be able to show Elisa the iMac that I'm interested in getting. So I go, hey, you know what, hun? Let's go get a good meal. It'll cost us a couple of bucks because we always get a little dessert or something extra. You know, it was it was a $25 gift card. I do have to put in a plug for the Macaroni Grill. Right here. They have revamped their dessert menu. They've revamped their whole menu, it's, I think. It's very, but I, just a special plug for their dessert yeah. menu because so often when we go out to dinner, and we always, we always share our dessert. We never get our own dessert. But lots of times you go to these restaurants and the desserts they give you, not only do they cost you almost $10, but they're huge. Yeah, they are. I mean, it's really good when we go with the kids because four of us eating some of these desserts is about right portion size. But Macaroni Grill has redone their dessert menu. I don't know how recently because we haven't been there in a while. But it's like real it, it portion li- size. It sounded recently though because our bartender, she was saying it because we were like, nah, they're always too big. She's like, no, 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 check it out. They they revamped it. So it sounded like. So for those of you that are, you know, conscious of portion sizes and like to have a little sweet something at the end of a meal, but don't want, you know, like yeah. the overflowing dessert plate. Check out Macaroni Grill. And it was, it was cost effective, $1.99 to $3.99 yeah. for dessert. Another thing that's cool with uh, Macaroni Grill, TGIF, notice on both of those menus, I think Chili's menu as well, they're coming out with the calorie counters there. 
So you can see what you're ordering and how many calories. And it's it's honestly has changed the way I will order something because mm-hmm. typically at Chili's, I'll I'll go for one of their salads thinking, hey man, I'm eating something good. It's healthy. Da, 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 da. It's got the lettuce in it and the, the vegetables. Le- right. Well, usually I go for like the spinach one or the Chinese, no, the, the Chinese or the chicken, crispy chicken. Chinese. No, I get the crispy chicken. I'm, yeah. I'm the unhealthy one at yeah. Chili's. The or- I don't anyway. know if they have the Oreo. But anyways, some of these salads are whopping 900 calories. So... I like to watch what I'm eating and and it's changed the way I've ordered a few times. Yeah. So that's definitely, but so we ended up going to the Mac store because Tony's. Well, no, no, no. Before we got to the Mac store, we were driving in and here's something that Elisa, we're going on for, we're coming up on 14 years of marriage in October. We, if you listen to our podcast on fireproof, we've talked about renewing our vows as a covenant under God. We are Mm -hmm. thinking about doing that this year, but we have decided to wait till our 15th. We just feel that. 15 years, that's when we want to do it. Um, recently, though, I've noticed that Elisa isn't wearing her engagement ring or her wedding band because of because of the way the ring is. Is that what it... Uh, I, I just I, noticed that you don't wear it as often <laughs> as I think you should be. That's just my... Part of it was I had been... When I had been wearing it all the time, I don't know if it's the way it comes together or whatever, but I... I've got all kinds of funky skin things. I mean, we've talked about yes. this before. We've talked about that on the air? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we have. Okay. Um, and I just get like weird reactions and I don't know if it's because my ring's dirty or what it is, but that ring finger is an area where I find that I have most, a lot of irritation, a lot of irritation. And so when I don't wear my rings, it seems like the area stays dry and that finger is just healthier. Right. So it's, it's more been not a lack of commitment or, but I I had had a couple instances over the last two weeks where people have asked me about you know, really what women oh <laughs> both once when i was getting my nails done and once when i was in k5 exchanging your birthday present two Got women it. asked me about being married or if i was married or some hmm. some version of that question so was it god sort of going hey you you may want to put on your wedding band it probably was okay i i, I won't I rule know. out that as a billboard the, you yeah. notice i don't take mine off yeah um but there was a period of time when you did and you actually, I believe, had to have it sawed off. Well, because it was like, it was like so darn tight. Okay. So you had, you've had your time too. Right. Okay. That was years ago. All years right. and years ago. All right. So yes. Yeah, so recently I'd had had these two conversations. And we've had conversations because of the way they feel and that they've been irritating you. We've been talking about getting you a new, a new band mm-hmm. or something so that you could wear it feels better. So anyways... We're driving into the mall to go to Macaroni Grill. There's a big sign, you know, 50 to 70% off. This jewelry store there, they're going out of business. So I'm thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, maybe if we get by there, we'll go check it out. It, it so happens it's like diagonal from the Apple store. And Elisa sort of spots it as soon as we get up onto, the, onto that floor. I mean, okay, you're like, be honest. Oh, we were here. looking for that before we ended up at the Mac store. No, we weren't. Yes, we, were looking we, were. For, we were looking for a Victoria's Secret. Because I had a return to make. Right. Okay, and, and Victoria's and Secret was the same direction as the jewelry well, store. I understand. Okay, but that way. Uh, I understand. We weren't what, headed toward the But it wasn't store. necessarily like I was l- out looking for that jewelry store. Oh, okay. It, it happened. Okay. So anyways, we go into the jewelry store, checking out some stuff. We're looking at bands, and Elisa has been liking these anniversary bands. The anniversary style, yeah. And so she saw some, and they looked good. I, I sort of dug them. I wasn't honestly super thrilled about them. Just because it took away the the diamond that I bought her, you know, fifteen years ago. 
and sixteen years ago. No, no, fifteen. You're right. Th- thank you. You're right. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I know. Um, so it was really cool. The guy in there was very helpful. Started helping us look at some things. He goes, "Hey, how about this one?" It sort of brings in together the the anniversary band, but we also can mount your diamond. And so we started talking. Make a long story short, which I know we've made it already way too long. We ended up. Elise and I are not impulse, but we we sat there. We looked at the price, what they were taking off, which was 50%, and I just couldn't turn it down. So on July 8th, Elisa will have her new engagement ring, and we'll put some photos up of that on Facebook. Thank you, honey. It was very surprising. And we'll have it like on your hand pictures. Yes, on my hand. It was was very (laughs) surprising because... (laughs) I knew that Tony wanted to look at a Mac and while the ring was not as much as the Mac was going to be, I also know that it was kind of like, oh. And here's another God thing though, because I've had a bike that I've been wanting to sell, a frame that I've been trying to sell, trying to sell, trying to sell. And on Saturday, so this was probably on Saturday, I just said, I got to sell this thing because I need to make up some money for the ring, which is totally cool. So I threw that thing up on Craigslist and the first guy that responded, which is if, if you guys have done Craigslist, you know this. First guy responded was all over it and sold it to him. So which never happens. Which never happens. So that was really cool. That was really cool. So we're trying to sell a few more things to make up for our for our splurge. Yeah, but it's worth not it. Not that we didn't have the money and not that we hadn't talked about it. It was just a little out of character for us to To do that. To do that, that quickly. Yeah. But you know what? It was a good deal. I think so. It's jewelry, man. Jewelry's always over expensive overpriced. Even for fifty percent off it's overpriced, my opinion. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else agrees, but that's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. You're sticking to it. And then confessions of a daddy on Saturday. My wonderful daughter, Miss Abigail. You didn't think she was so wonderful on Saturday. I didn't. Um, and I'm just going to be truthful and honest and take off the mask here because I think this is some this is an area where many of us as parents feel like we uh, we need to hide and not share, and so. Uh, I'm going to share because I think it's it's what needs to happen for us to be able to be open and honest in our marriages. And Elisa wasn't around. She had taken off and Abby was having a serious, serious hiffy fit. I mean, it was just out of control. I put her in her room um, and I just, you know, typically what my, my stance is, if you're going to cry like that, just go cry it out in your room. I, I'm done listening to you. Um, and it is for me the best way to just separate myself from the situation I've learned over the years. Right. And so at one point she is just crying and crying and there comes a point where she's just like, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I'm stuck. And I'm going, okay, well, what's wrong? How did she get stuck? What is she stuck on? So I'm concerned and curious to see what's going on. And I'm trying to get in her room while she's sitting behind the door, doesn't want to move. So I push my way in there because I need to see if she's stuck on something seriously. And so I finally get in there and she is just crying and just seething of just anger. Get out of my room. I don't like you, daddy. And I got pretty close to this little girl's face and really just, just told her to be quiet. Uh, I didn't tell her to shut up. I don't tell her to shut up, but I'm just, I was livid. I was so angry and so mad. And I think many of you can 
or I don't know many of you, but a lot of you maybe can feel what I'm going through. I mean, just the heat that was just, just rising in me. And I finally just got her and I put her on her bed and she just flopped on her back and I just got in her face a little bit more. And I'm just, Abby, enough. This is enough. We do not need to deal with this anymore. I'm tired of it. Um, and at this point I must've been fairly close to her because she counters back with me with daddy, you're spitting in my face. And, and I was like, I don't care. You need to listen. I'm tired of this. And, um, Abby just, she was so mad and so flustered with me. I mean, she's just trying to like gasp for breath. She's crying so hard and she's trying to be quiet. She's, <laughs> it, it, and I felt, I felt so bad I, in the moment. I didn't feel bad. Um, and I finally just had to walk away from her room. She slithered under her bed. Um, and I came out to the garage or was I in the garage or the couch? And I just had to sit down and say, you know, God forgive me for the outburst I had on my daughter and give me the strength to um, go back in there and let her know that I screwed up badly and hopefully that she can forgive me and we can we can move on. I, I did let five minutes or more just sort of let it go, let her chill. I needed to chill. Um, I haven't been like this in a long time, mm-hmm. a long time. And so I, I just realized uh, at the point that I walked back in there and I, I talked to her, coerced her out from underneath her bed and she finally came out and we gave each other a big old hug and I, and I asked her for my, for forgiveness. I told her that dad screwed up and, and she talked and she said she was sorry too for the way she had been acting. And, you know, we just sort of, Gave each other a big old hug and walked out and it was all good. Well, and to your credit, I mean, you told me as soon as I came home. And interestingly enough, because she's usually the one that (laughs) if either you or Alex have done anything to her while I'm gone, the minute I walk in the door, she makes sure I know exactly what has happened. Yeah. And and she she didn't didn't mention it. it. Yeah. She never mentioned it. She still hasn't mentioned it to you, has Mm -mm. she? No. I find that interesting as well. One, I think it's because you went back and and you were able to calm yourself down, which is something we've been working on her doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, talk to her about that because, you know, you, in spite of the outburst, you made it right with her. And you let her know that what you did was not okay. And, you know, you handled it. So she didn't, I don't think she felt the need when I came home that she had to do something to still make it right. Like she didn't need further protecting. It was right. You had taken care of it. And so she didn't need to. Um, no, I agree. Yeah. You know, it worked. And we've had a, we've had a fairly good weekend since Sunday was good. Saturday night was good. Sunday was good. I mean, so I don't know. I, I just want to, I just wanted to share it with everybody because I think this is one of those areas as parents, it happens. And then we just sort of, shove it under the rug and we don't want to tell anybody about it, you know, but I'm here to tell you, I screw up many a times. Um, Ephesians six ten through 18, man, put on the armor of God, put it on because the devil's here, man. And he's alive and well, and there's one thing he wants to do and he wants to step right in there and screw it all up. Mm-hmm. Um, he does. So, 
After that note, what are we going to go on to? Go on to Jim? I think we should go on to Jim's call. All right. Let's get uh, Jim's call You guys here. know we love it when you call in the number. We've made it a little easier for you. We've got a new number, and it's 858-876-5-O-N-E. Or for those of you that don't like to spell, 5663. Yep. So, so. here's Jim. Hey, Tony and Elisa. This is Jim. I have a question for you. I love the show, by the way. Uh, it's fantastic. I am thinking about surprising my wife with a... Um, a trip to one of those marriage retreats. But I've heard you mention before that you, you look for certain things in a marriage retreat characteristics. I'm kind of curious, what are those things? What are the differences between them? Do you have any uh, things I should try to stay away from? We've never been to one, and uh, I'm thinking, well, I want to go to one, and I'd like to continue to do them, but I don't want to spoil it by choosing the wrong one the first time for the weekend. So it'll be like a weekend retreat. So um, if you could give the, give us your thoughts and let us know about that. Really appreciate it. Again, I love the show and I uh, love what you're doing. So God bless and looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you very much and bye-bye. Jim, thank you so much for yeah. calling in. And this is actually a topic that... Uh, One thing I want to say is, Jim, I'm sorry I cut you off, honey. It's okay. Go ahead. Finish your thought. But I, I no, I <laughs> just, when we first got this voice message this is sort of the first one we've gone that's that's an actual question asking us about this and or just asking us a question instead of just saying hey it's a great show we appreciate you saying it's a great show but it's just awesome that you asked this question about marriage retreats it is okay now you may go on oh, okay um this is a topic that tony and i have talked about quite a bit we've had various experiences over the years um we have done full we, we've done one full week that was a retreat family. family camp type thing. Um, and then we've done marriage retreats with our church over the last couple of years. Um, and we have pretty strong feelings. <laughs> I'm laughing because we were talking about your call the other day and Tony's like, well, this is what I'm going to say. So um, we have pretty strong feelings on this. So honey, why don't you start? Here's, here's my thing, Jim. If you're looking for a retreat, what are you going there for? Mm-hmm. If it's if you if you're just going there because you're like, hey, we're in a good spot and we just want to gain a couple more tools that we can put in our tool chest that we're gonna learn. Man, there are many of them out there. Here's what I look for though. When I'm looking at a retreat, I want one where there are some sessions each day, but I'm not gonna go to a retreat where I need to be in a room from eight o'clock to five o'clock. Sorry not going to do it. To me, being at a marriage retreat is a time where I get to spend time with my spouse, learn from other couples, but also have a lot of free time to be able to just hang out with Elisa. That might mean getting up late, going to go get breakfast, do a devotional in the morning, get in there, do a couple of sessions, have a long lunch, um, get to the pool like we have done in the mm-hmm. past. This past year, we had some really good lunches with some friends of ours and just had a great conversation. Get into the last session, and then at 4 o'clock, it's done. And we were on Saturday, 4 o'clock, it was done. We were at the pool for three hours, hanging out with a bunch of couples, learning from them, sharing with them, and then it was off to date night. And so... When I when I look at these retreats and how much I'm spending, I also look at 
what amount of time I want to be spending with Elisa. Agreed? That's true. And, you know, I think as you, you know, it's, it is very much what you said. I mean, there are a lot of great marriage retreats out there. Um, I know our church, in addition to the one that they put on in uh, themselves, it's a st- mm-hmm. church at Rancho Bernardo marriage retreat. They also promote the weekend to remember. Yes, they do. Um, We've never marriage been. Retreats. We have not been to those from what I can gather. And in fact, I'm online right now, even just looking at their, they're a little more structured. They are. Okay. Um, and that's something but, to consider, Jim. I mean, it might be cool for you guys. You haven't done it before. Maybe you want a little more structure. Um, and that might work for you guys. But just the one, and the, and the reason I'm like this now is because when we did that family retreat uh, some years back, it was presented to us as a, hey, you know what? It's a fun, it's a fun place, but you don't have to go to the sessions go to the sessions you want. It's all okay. Then we get up there and we're with some friends and some other folks that we begin to meet. And then if you don't show up to the session, everybody's like, well, where the heck were you? Uh, well, <laughs> I didn't want to go. It wasn't, it didn't seem exciting. I'd been messing with the kids all morning. I, I just want to go. We are in the mountains of uh, the San Bernardinos. It's just like, I wanted to go hike around. I wanted to go play in the, the creek. I, you know, I didn't want to sit in a session for an hour and a half. And so I was very turned off by that structure. It was just too much structure. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing to look at, if it's a big retreat um, or if it's on a campus like we went to, what what are the dining options? Huge. That's a big one for us. Because that one was cafeteria style. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm not doing that. Uh, I, I Just not doing it. <laughs> I want to eat in peas and I don't want people all over the place pushing and shoving to try to get food. Um, I'd rather go hang out at Starbucks or go to a bagel shop in the morning and pay my 10 bucks. Sorry. That's just, that's just me. So there are some things just to consider. The other thing I would also look at with these retreats, don't go into it going, Oh my gosh, I'm going to get all this information. And then if you come out of it, you're like, eh, gosh, I really didn't get anything out of it. I say whenever I go to a retreat or a seminar or anything of like that, that's marriage based, I always look for one golden nugget. Mm-hmm. What's the, what's one golden nugget I, I can pull out of it. And if I get two, so be it. But if, if we can pull out one golden nugget from a retreat that Elisa and I can go, wow, that really changed the way we're going to look at our marriage or we're going to dive into something different, man, it's a success in my, in my view. Well, and, uh, you know, Jim, I don't know where you are in terms of your marriage, but uh, most marriage retreats are not marriage overhauls. That's true. You know, you, you don't go to a marriage retreat. You know, if you're in a good place, like Tony said, you're looking for that one golden nugget to just kind of keep, you know, it's kind of a maintenance thing. What mm-hmm. You know, what little tool can we add to our to our toolbox? If your marriage is not in a great place, then you're looking for that one thing that might just make a difference. What are other couples doing? I know this last marriage retreat we went to with our church. There were some couples there who had overcome the seemingly impossible and have oh, come out on the other side, still married, mm-hmm. you know, dealing Amazing. with dealing with issues of infidelity and long-term separations and finances, finances and all of these things, blended that, families, 
could potentially tear their marriages apart. And hearing their stories was very uplifting to say, you know what? There really is nothing that is impossible with God. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I know that I think you said in your call, you're from Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Um, we've got some friends, Jay and Laura LaFoon, who do their Celebrate Your Marriage marriage conferences and they actually do those in Michigan in uh, Mackinac Island and we'll put their website as long also with the um, weekend to remember website mm-hmm. we'll put those up in the notes yeah but uh, Jay and Laura have a very entertaining presentation we actually haven't been to one of their conferences but they've been to our church it's there's a lot of humor a lot of fun to it and right. I feel comfortable recommending their marriage retreats um, just based on the conversations and whatnot that we've had with them. Um, So really, you know, think about what you and your wife are looking for, Mm -hmm. where you are. Do you prefer more structure? Do you prefer more, do you prefer more time to yourselves? And then as you're searching out retreats in your area, you know, if your church has a retreat, ask people that have gone to that. Mm -hmm. If there are other churches in the area that do marriage retreats, find out what's going on in your area Tap into some of those resources that are right there, wherever you are. Right. Um, because our church invites folks from outside of our church and we've had them the last two years, people who do not attend our church come to the retreat. So it's, yeah. I mean, I would definitely say, you know, good for you and your wife that you're even considering this as, as a gift to her. They're awesome. I think that's Love a wonderful treat. And I think you're both are going to get a lot out of it. Just, you know, go in there with an open mind, mm-hmm. go in there with an open mind and have fun together. Right. And just talk through it, though. I think I think the key is talking through it. What are you guys expecting? How much? I think the time issue is a big one because if you're expecting to go, and and this is something that Elisa and I learned is that we we're expecting to spend more time with each other, and then we didn't spend the amount of time we want to each other. So then we were both frustrated. Mm-hmm. So that was something that we had to go through, and and I don't want, I don't want anybody to deal with that if you don't have to. I mean, if you're looking for something where you're spending more time together, then find. Find one where you have a, a session or two in the morning, a session in the afternoon. Then you have a lot of free time to do what you guys want to do together. Absolutely. So, so thank you. Again and let us know how calling. it goes. Yeah. Wh- which one you're going to, which one you do. And tell us about your, we'd love to hear you call in and just share with us the experience and how it worked out for the two of you. Yep. Um, peace of mind, life insurance. So here's the transition. Here's the transition. <laughs> yes. Sorry. I'm still not a hundred percent. So I'm a little bit off tonight. I apologize. And so the reason we're talking about life insurance tonight, um, Elisa and I started talking about this about a week or so ago and over the last three years, four years, four, four years, we've had two deaths, um, happen to one was to my cousin, her husband died. And just recently one of uh, our daughter, Abby's childhood friends their dad died and what we realized and learned from both of these instances was a lot about life insurance and in the case of my cousin her husband was a stay-at-home parent Mm -hmm. um they were not adequately uh, insured and because of this she was in real estate at the time Uh, she had three kids and one on the way it just caused a tremendous amount of pressure on her. Mm-hmm. Um, the pressure to take care of the family, try to earn money, but also how do you take care of three kids with one on the way? Uh, again, the life insurance was inadequate. 
And at that point in time, that was three years ago. Four. Four years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, Elise and I did have life insurance. Uh, our life insurance, we started out with, I think I had 500000 I think and that's right. I think I think you had five and I had three. And you had three hundred thousand. And that's what we that's what we had up to about four up to four years ago mm-hmm. when my cousin's husband passed away. The reason the way we came up with that, we were looking at ten per ten times ten times income. income. Mm-hmm. Although Elisa was a stay at home mom, we we really weren't sure. We we're like, okay, well, a stay at home mom, thirty grand a year, that would be three hundred thousand. That's what I was making before I left the workforce. It was that way. Okay. Yeah, that's, and that's, I mean, that's basically what, what we based that, off. Yeah. Okay. And so that's what we had based off of. Here's the thing. And I think we got that through Xander Insurance, which is somebody day, it was with Dave Ramsey. Right. It was after we had. It was with Xander. It, it was after we'd gone, gone through financial peace. Mm-hmm. Um, doing that on, you know, debt snowball. We'd done all of that stuff. And we, when we were going through that, we were pregnant with Alex. Right. And so we knew we had to start making plans for this unborn child. Right. Um, and having just gone through all of the stuff with Dave Ramsey. Right. Any of you that listen to Dave Ramsey know that one of his preferred providers is Xander Insurance. And so that was who we had first contacted. And got our insurance. And got our insurance through. Um, you know, fast forward from that point, three years later, we now have two children. Um and we're watching the scene in the family. But wait, we we oh. didn't talk about why we upped our coverage. Well, that's oh, okay. is that as a result of Maria. Yeah. Well, that's where I was going. Okay. That was the fast forward three years. Oh, gotcha. Um, I'm I was one of the first people to get to Tony's cousin that night, um, and so and became intimately involved in dealing with the insurance company and helping her and seeing what was happening as a result of the stay at home parent being the one that died Mm. and seeing what it's not just covering the bills. It's who takes care of the kids and who goes to the doctor's appointments. And with his cousin being in real estate, this also happened to unfortunately coincide with the market tanking in California. That's right. So mom doesn't really have much of an income because the market's bottoming out, you know, declining rapidly here. There wasn't adequate insurance. She was five months pregnant at the, the time her husband died with child number four. four. Um, and you have all of, all of these balls up in the air, mm-hmm. all of these financial obligations and a life insurance policy that probably would get her through the first year. If she was Maybe lucky. Maybe two. Lucky. If Maybe she was two. Lucky. With their obligations, yeah, two would have been a stretch. Yes. Um, and I remember calling up our real estate agent we had switched over a lot of our insurance agent our, oh yes <laughs> our insurance agent we, we sorry we, Bruce yeah we, we ended up when we moved here to San Diego and I had my business I found a agent here locally and I gave him my business ins- um, liability insurance mm-hmm. needs and little by little Bruce has since gotten everything um, it's just uh, Lisa and I are very relational and we built up trust with him so um, it, everything is in one spot now. For us, that works out very nice because in an incident, be it our car, be it our our life insurance, uh, business, everything just goes through Bruce. So, um, but I remember calling Bruce and saying, we need to talk. 
Yeah. And I went in and said, we need to... We both went in. We both went in. We set up an appointment with Bruce, yes. And I said, we need to increase my policy. And he looked at me and he's like, why? You're, you're, you're adequately covered. And I said, no, I'm not. Right. I, I'm not. If something happens to me, and you know, granted we had, at that point in time, we had a three-year-old and a six-month-old. Three mm-hmm. and a half and six-month-old. And, six and I realized watching... Tony's cousin go through this, that if something happened to me, what was Tony going to do? Tony is self-employed. If Tony doesn't work, <laughs> we don't have an income. Right. If I'm dead and he's dealing with, what do I do with the kids? How do I help them cope with this? How do I cope with this? How do we, how do we handle? He's not working. <laughs> right. Or if he is working, then who's taking care of my kids? Cause I'm not there. Mm-hmm. And all of this starts to add up pretty quickly. Yeah, especially if you have to put in the kids to daycare or you're hiring a nanny to watch the kids. Um, yeah, it, it does. So we, we increased both our policies. We switched them. They, Bruce hadn't had those policies, so we brought them over to Bruce mm-hmm. um, at State Farm and then we increased them and this is substantially. A way, right, and this is a way Elisa and I have looked at our life insurance policies and the way we have it set up in our will and in our trust to work. Basically the money that would be given would be paid out to the living spouse. That money would go directly to our financial advisor. And that money, his goal is to make 10%. I thought it was five. General. Uh, we're hoping he makes 10, but if it's five, it's five. It's the market. Yeah, it's the market. It, 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 we'd love for him to make 10%. If it's five, it's still good. Um, we could still live mm-hmm. adequately. Either of us could live adequately on 5% without having to go to work. Right. And so what we ended up doing is increasing both of our policies to the same amount. Mm-hmm. And so, and we, we increased it to a million dollars each and Bruce looked at us cross-eyed. He's going, what are you doing? Why would, why does Elisa need a million dollar policy? She's a stay at home mom. Again, we had just seen everything that my cousin had gone through. And what I was looking at was, okay, in the event that my wife does pass away, she does a crap load of stuff around this house. Allah. This, this is always a good talk to have after I've been gone for four days. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he just, really understands what I do. Well, I mean, there's there's a lot that's just that Elisa does. And I was sitting there just going, okay, am I really going to be able to run a business? You know, and you think about the loss of somebody, especially your spouse. Are you going to just get up a week later and just go, okay, I'm going to go back to work? Now, if you work somewhere and you have vacation time and sick time and all that and you can string it all together and get a month or two months off kudos to you i I don't have that uh, i don't have that opportunity i'm self-employed if i go out tomorrow and i work i make money if i don't i don't make money just the way it is and we've built cushions and emergency funds and all that but that's going to run out eventually and so what i looked at was in the event that elisa passes away what do I need so that I do not have to work again? So I am not stressed out about having to work. I can just, I can just live, take care of the kids. It may be a little tighter, 
but that's okay because we got one less person to feed. <laughs> so, and and again, all of this would go over to our financial advisor making a minimum of 5%, hopefully more like 10% on income generating, right? Yes. And, you know, you mentioned another thing too about the fact it also ties in and one of um one of our fans on Facebook, Trian, had written in, um, you know, you need to put it all in a trust, not right. just have a will. And we're not going to go into all of the legal documentation, but she is absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Um, for us, it became a matter of, call it morbid, call it whatever you want. But I have thought through my financial plan. If something happens to Tony, I know how much money I'm getting. I know that Dave, who's our financial planner, knows exactly what he has to do with that money to live. I know Mm -hmm. how much money I'd be getting from social security each month for the kids. And I know how that's all allocated. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not written on paper, but I've thought about it so many times that I just know that this is what would happen. Because in our case, yes, I am the stay-at-home mom. So Tony's got to be prepared. If something happens to me, how does he take care of the kids? Mm. On the flip side, Tony is our breadwinner. Tony is the provider. If something happens to him, I don't want to have to go and suddenly be faced with the task of, I've lost my husband. My kids don't have a father. And to top it all off, ladies and gentlemen, I have to go find a job after being out of the quote-unquote workforce for the last seven, well, I mean, at this point, it's been seven years. Right. That would be a ridiculous amount of stress. On anybody. On anybody. Yeah. It, it, it really would. And so that's why, you know, with his plan, we did the same thing because it was like, all right, I know I've got it all mapped out. This is, you know, this is what I need to pay the mortgage. This is what I need to pay our monthly bills. This is what I need to, you know, this takes care of everything. Right. And I don't, I can grieve, I can help the kids, we can do all our stuff, but money will not be an issue. And so many of you, when Tony posted this comment this week um, on the one fan page, wrote in, and and we are so thankful for your comments, and I want to share, I want to share some of them with you because I think, I think you bring up some good points. I mean, we had this one comment from Christopher and he said, we brought a term life policy from Xander a few years ago. It's irresponsible not to have it. Mm-hmm. And and I got David from Twitter who said, my wife and I got our life insurance in place in February of 2005. Found out I had cancer eight months later. later. It brought a lot of peace. And David's alive now. Yes, cancer-free five years. My son turns <laughs> two this next Wednesday. Life is very precious and I am so thankful. So... You know, when we talk about life insurance, we're talking about financial intimacy. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a big one, folks. Th- this this is like one of those areas that Elise and I didn't really want to go into. It, it's not something we just sat down one day and said, "Oh, you know what? This is fun. Let's talk about let's talk about death." But it needs to be talked about. It, I, I mean, ultimately, it, it's going to happen to every one of us. Yes, and if we believe that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, we're going to be going to heaven and he's going to take us home one day. But life insurance isn't for you or me who is dead and in heaven. It's for the ones we love behind. And 
I'm here to tell you, man, the conversations you'll have, they're funky, they're weird, but they need to be had. Um, because life insurance is so important. I mean, Mm -hmm. like Elisa was saying off of the fan page there, a lot of folks were just saying why they have it. Um, I have a feeling I even asked, Hey, if you don't have it, why not? I have a feeling that if you don't have it, either a, you don't, you haven't talked about it or B you've talked about it and just let it go or you haven't thought about it at all. Well, and you know, I mean that kind of ties into that whole will and trust thing Yeah, because the will we had talked about life insurance. We'd gotten life insurance in place, but we had nothing legally in place for the kids. Right. And then that was, and those are even harder conversations because if you do have children, you need to have a will and you need to have a trust. You need to have all of your end of life documents in place. And these, like Tony said, these will be funky conversations. They will be hard because you might not agree on who should have your children in the event that you die. You might be thinking it's going to cause family tensions. If you, you know, choose one, choose one set of, family members for guardianship and not the others. And you know what the reality is, is you've got to do what's best for your family mm-hmm. and point blank. You've got to have your children taken care of Yep. because if you don't in most states that I'm aware of, they end up as wards of the state and that is not something you want to have happen to your children. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. when it's preventable, not when you can, I mean, you can find attorneys that will handle all of your documents for a very reasonable sum. But the peace of mind, I, mean, I remember the day that we signed all of our legal documents and I looked at Tony and I'm like, whew, we can die now. Not that I was, you know, jumping up and down that, you know, right. I wanted him to die or I wanted to die, but it was the peace of mind knowing that we have all our ducks in a row. Yeah. Tony could go out on a bike ride tomorrow and, you know, some crazy person hits him with a car and he ends up, you know, dead. It's okay. It's, I mean, it's okay in the sense that we've got it all handled. Financially. Financially, legally. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I want to see Tony around for the next 50 years. I'm, you know, so do I. I'm planning. I want to be doing seven days of sex for 50 more years. <sighs> That's probably going to keep you around for 50 more years. <laughs> but, You know, it's like Ron said in one of his posts, he said, it gives me great comfort knowing my family would be provided for if I was gone. Yeah. It's, it's important. It it really is. And the heartache that Elisa and I have seen with these two deaths that have happened in the last four years, it's tremendous. It's a lot of heartache. We, we know we've, we've had to sit and stand beside my cousin for months and you know god bless her she's getting remarried she got remarried this past not fourth of july weekend the weekend before weekend before she got remarried Mm -hmm. i mean is life still a struggle for her at times yes i mean you can still hear it in her voice and when she talks to us we still hear it um but god bless her that she's she's gotten remarried to a wonderful guy who loves all four of her kids i mean has just taken them on he is the dad um, and that's just, that's just a true blessing. Mm-hmm. Now, does that happen to all of us? When no. That, no, but you really need to think about what is important. And I know some of you are out there going, well, I'm barely making ends meet now. You got to look into term life insurance. 
That's the only kind of insurance you need. It's term life insurance. Don't get this whole life or this annuity junk. It's term life. It's like it's like car insurance. You pay it, and when you get into an accident, it takes care of you. No savings accounts, no buying into stocks and all this junk. It's it's just term life. You pay a, a monthly fee or a yearly fee, and you're done. Mm-hmm. And if you die, it pays out. If you don't, okay, it's all good. And it is by far the cheapest form. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we'll put a link to Xander Insurance. If you live in the Southern California area, I would... I would ask you to call our agent, Bruce Hoffbauer. He's a state farm agent here in Poway and I can put his stuff in there. Bruce is an amazing and an exceptional guy. Bruce doesn't know we're talking about him. I mean, I haven't seen Bruce in months. So uh, I'm just telling you the relationship that we have with Bruce and the things that we've had to deal with through other insurance purposes and two fires that we've seen blow through San Diego and how he treats people is bar none some of the best and his staff is amazing. Mm -hmm. And I know that if I walked in there or Elisa walked in there going, Tony died or Elisa died, they'd be right there putting their arms around us, taking care of us. And you know what? That's to me, that's worth a couple extra bucks. And I don't even think it's cost us a couple extra bucks. So you, you got to do it. There's, there's there's no more waiting around and thinking about it and talking about it. It's time to hit let the rubber hit the uh the pavement here and, and go do it. Because you just don't know. You don't. I mean in both of the instances that we've known of in the last four years, they were fluke accidents. Mm-hmm. They were. They were you know, dad leaves in the morning and something happens during the day yeah, in, in routine circumstances that, you know, should, I mean, it should never have happened mm-hmm. because both men died way, way too young mm-hmm. and left behind children and wives who still, you know, can't necessarily wrap their arms around what happened and why it happened so young. And, you know, if you've thought about it, but you just don't want to have the conversation with your spouse, sit down and let them know how important they are to you. This is, this is a, because I love you conversation. This is because I love you. I want you to be taken care of in the event that something happens to me. And we need to talk about this mm-hmm. because I would love to, you know, tell everybody, yeah, we've got the crystal ball and we know exactly you know, when your death's going to happen and how it's going to happen. And we don't have that crystal ball. None of us does. None of us knows, like, was it Dave that wrote you on Twitter? David. David. You know, he did not know when he got his life insurance policy that he was going to be diagnosed within that year with cancer. Didn't know that. Mm -mm. None of us knows that. So don't wait for something to happen and then have it be too late. Because when your family's picking up the pieces and trying to figure out what the next step is, give them the peace of mind that they don't have to worry about making the mortgage payment or putting groceries on the table or putting gas in the car. 
It doesn't seem like much, but in those months immediately following a death, everything is an expense. Heck, paying for the funeral. Mm-hmm. When I went to the funeral home, and you know they start rattling out this and that and that. how much was it? Oh, it was ridiculous. I mean, I, I want to say it was close to ten thousand. Like the original package, mm-hmm. the casket, and the this and the that. I mean, it was ten thousand dollars, if not more. Wow. Wow. And you're emotional. You're trying to figure out, you know, how it's all going to work. And suddenly somebody's saying, "Well, this is going to be ten thousand dollars," and you're like, "What?" Yeah, especially in her case where there wasn't a big life insurance. You know, $10,000 was a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so you start thinking, okay, how am I going to do this? How am I going to make every penny count because I only have so many pennies? Right. How do I feed the kids? How do I hold on to the house? How do I pay for doctor's appointments and clothes and whatever it is? Mm-hmm. Give your family that peace of mind. Have the conversations with your spouse in this next week. The what if conversations. Right. You know, give your spouse the financial freedom to say, you know what? Just like me. I know if something happens to Tony, I've got it all mapped out. Mm-hmm. I know that I actually won't have, I mean, I could live off the interest and the social security death benefits for the rest of my life. That's cool. That is cool. <laughs> it's a nice peace of mind. It is. No. Because. And, and, and ha- hey, riding my bike every time I do, I, I, I think about that. I, I think I, about it too. When you're late coming home. Yeah. I, am. I, I, it's, I know it's usually a flat tire. But. <laughs> but no, I mean, not every time when you're late. But if you start, to, you know, because as an aside, I usually give Tony an hour window to make it home and after that hour then it my nervousness just starts to ratchet up and he knows that he usually calls by minute 59 um but it's a reality it is it's a reality because you spend so much time in the car Mm -hmm. every day yep driving to my jobs you're you're in the car from the moment you leave the house (laughs) you know until it's time to come home yep so it's so this week it's passion Yep. It's a passionate topic for us. So this week, take the time, sit down, start talking about it. It's going to make a huge impact in your financial intimacy with one another. And on that note, this week was a big week for us. Hopefully you're still on board. Strip down, 13 Keys to Unlocking Intimacy is here. The soft cover is in our garage. The actual book is has here. arrived. We are not talking about waiting for it to come anymore. It is here. That's right. <sighs> Yay. Little party. Streamers. We, we should. Um, so get it. Uh, don't wait around. We've heard from so many of you saying, hey, we want it. We want it. We want it. Well, please order it. Go to uh, oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Go to the store and uh, click right there and you can order it up and we will sign it for you. Mm-hmm. We want to, if you want a, a little inscription inside, there'll be a little note in the in the uh, cart where you can put what you'd like us to say there. And we would love to do that. We want to get these in your hands, guys. This is what One Extraordinary Marriage has been about. 
It's about intimacy. It's about the six spheres of intimacy. And it's about you guys digging in deeper, just like we talked about today, digging in deeper on the life insurance, mm-hmm. wills and trusts. This book is what is is that. It's getting you guys to dig deeper in the six spheres of intimacy. And so we really hope you guys pick it up. We, we want to get it in your hands. And if, uh, if, for, if for anything else, if you know another married couple out there, that you think that could benefit from them, order two and give one to them and, and show them and how much you care and love them as well. So we're, uh, we're excited. We're excited. We're really excited. Some of you have already ordered the book and, and we are Thank you. quite thankful. Heck, um, we're, we're very thankful. Oh, yeah, incredibly thankful. <laughs> Forget quite. Um, you know, it's been fun to see them start to get sent out yeah because we haven't really talked about it they came middle of last week and, and so. if you do get them and you've already read through them and you love them please let your friends know you can put it up on our facebook fan page tweet it make sure you go via at one on fire i'd love to see it and i'll retweet it um get it out there please help us promote it mm-hmm. um if you like the work that elisa and i have been doing over these last six seven months with our podcast and our blog there's also a donation but in that you can just donate a buck, five bucks, a hundred bucks. Um, you know, we, we've spent a lot of time out here. We spent a lot of money just getting the equipment and doing the stuff. And uh, this is just our, it's our way of giving back and helping you guys have extraordinary marriages. And um, one other note on the book, if you'd like to sell the book, the audio or the ebook, you can join our affiliate program. It's right there on the right hand side bar right under the book. And uh, you get a 20% commission every time somebody clicks through and buys through your site. And nice. that's a, that's very cool, man. You're, you're, you're supporting marriages and uh, we're helping you out as well. So to that, it's been fun. This has been a good one. We'd love to hear your reactions. Please comment below. Mm-hmm. Let us know what you're thinking. Or uh, call us too. Or call us. We'll play, we'll pay, play your comments on the air. It's 858-876-5-O-N-E. So thank you guys for another great evening and we love you.